So we've all heard the expression, and maybe you've had the bracelet, WWJD, right? How many people ever wore one of those bracelets? What am I? I did. I wore one. It was purple. I don't know why purple was, but what would Jesus do? Okay, WWJD. Remember that era. How about the, how about DWJD? Have you heard that one? Doing what Jesus did. Doing what Jesus did. That is actually one of the pathway courses that we're doing here at Grace Capital Church. Doing what Jesus did. Did you know that every single one of you in this room as a believer of Jesus Christ has the ability to do everything that Jesus did while he was on earth? Turn to your neighbor and says, I'm going to do what Jesus did. <laughs> I know some of you are like, yeah, right. But it's true. It's true. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can cast out demons. You can preach about the kingdom of God with boldness. You can have discernment and knowledge. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. You can do all the miracles that Jesus did. Do you believe it? Well, I'm going to try to help you understand that you can do this, but I'm also going to help you understand that if you don't have confidence, perfect. If you don't think you can do it, perfect, because that's why we are offering the course Doing What Jesus Did. We've been doing this for two years now. Um, just out of curiosity, how many people have already taken that? Just slip up your hand. A good number of you. Yes, it's a powerful course. Well, here we're going to get into this. And before you're going to take my word for it, we've got to go into the scripture and read what it says. In John chapter 14, John chapter 14, 12 to 14, it says this. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have seen I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, he's not talking about asking for your Lamborghini. He's not asking you for your dream beach home. I mean, it's good you can talk to him about those things, the desires of your heart. But really what he's saying is the things that Jesus really cares about is the restoration of people. Restoration to people to God, restoration in their physical being, to bring people back to their original state and their original purpose that God has for them. Okay, Jesus said that we can do these things. Okay, so at Grace Capital Church, we believe that the Spirit of God still resides in us, and the Holy Spirit who resides in us is the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, right? So, if, so here's the key. Just let's take a little pressure off you. It's not actually you who does the healing. It's not actually you that does the miracle. It's actually the Spirit of God inside of you. You are just the vessel for that. But you've got to come into agreement. You've got to come to an acknowledgement. You have to have ears to hear. So today I'm actually going to talk about, there's a lot of topics in the doing what Jesus did. It's learning to preach the gospel. It's leading to, learning to lead somebody into salvation. It's learning to pray for the sick. It's learning to cast out demons. It's uh, pretty full in that. But today I'm going to talk about healing as one part of that and to try to 
whet your appetite, yes, to take the course, but also give you a biblical understanding and knowledge of what this is and realizing that you can do all the things that Jesus did. Now, first of all, you also need to remember that Jesus prayed his prayer to the Father. And in that prayer, this is a, this is a powerful thing. This is a revelation to me probably three years ago. When he prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reality is that, that Jesus is always wanting to bring that restoration here on earth I think sometimes, and maybe the way I grew up was, I'm just waiting to get through this life so I can finally have, spend eternity in heaven. And when they ever, ever talked about the kingdom of God, I always pictured that as heaven. But actually, heaven starts the moment that you give your life to Jesus. And we are in this journey to, yes, our, we have a broken world, we have a corrupted world. In this world, we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy, and he's always bringing destruction in people's lives. But Jesus has given us, as believers, the Holy Spirit to combat that and and replace back in order and to restore those things back into the way they should be. So my question is, is why are so few Christians actually doing this? When's the last time you prayed for the sick and they were healed? And I'm, by the way, in the same boat as you. I think sometimes life just goes on and you're not realizing and you're not thinking. Well, I'll tell you the reasons. Here we go. Number one reason is that you don't know that Jesus has given you the authority. We sang about that today, actually. That Jesus has given you the authority and empowered you, all disciples, to pray for the sick. He's given that to you. Then the next one is, why aren't more Christians? It's unbelief. I think we don't believe that we have within us the power to pray for the sick and expecting that they're going to get well. And then lastly, I don't know if anybody's shown you how to do it. This is why I love by the class doing what Jesus did is it's a practicum. It's your practicing. It's interesting though, talking about practicing, I was... I was talking to a doctor the other day, and I was like, why do they call you got your, your, your doctoring a practice? Like, there's something that doesn't seem right to me that you're practicing. <laughs> like, you're trying out, I'm just going to try this on you. I hope it's going to work. I'm going to practice some things on you. <laughs> uh, all right, same with attorneys. They got to practice. I can understand that for attorneys, though. Any attorneys in the room? No, there's not. I do love attorneys, by the way. When they're on my side, not on the other side. Okay, stay focused. Um, So in Mark chapter 1, Jesus says that he is so willing to to see the healing take place. He's so willing. I think sometimes people are like, well, does God really want to do that? Well, God does want to bring healing. God does want to bring restoration. See, when Jesus was traveling through Galilee, Preaching in a synagogue and driving out demons, a man with leprosy came to him and begged um, him on his knees. He says this, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Filled with compassion, and I love this, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, leprosy left him, and he was cured. I think if we're thinking about healing as if like I'm going to have these supernatural powers 
I'm going to go around with a cape, and I'm just going to go healing everybody that I see, you know, that are sick. But I think it really starts with love. When we really love each other, like we begin to see people who are sick. We begin to see people who need prayer. We begin to be aware of people, but then we're moved by compassion, and compassion is different than I'm told I have to love. I'm told this is what I have to do, or I need to pray for the sick so I can get another notch in my belt like I did my duty. But when we love somebody so much, moved to compassion, we want to pray for them. So who is authorized, who is authorized to heal the sick? Well, Matthew 10, we, 1 and 8, um, says it's the disciples. When Jesus was saying to his disciples, you are going to do all the things that I've been doing. Okay, well, we say, well, those are Jesus' followers back then. Well, what makes the disciples any different than Jesus' followers today as a disciple, right? We are disciples of Jesus or how about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20? You know, go make disciples, healing them, baptizing them. And it says, all of you go do this. So all Christians in Mark chapter 16 goes on to say that, that all who believe are saved and then will go do all these miracles. I think I have this one here, Mark chapter 16. No, it's the Luke verse that I, I have. But Mark chapter 16 basically is saying this. When Oh, yeah, that's the other part of the Great Commission. I do want to look this one up here. Just thank you for letting me go on this little journey for a moment here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. I, I didn't write this down, but I think this is a good one because I bolded it in my notes. I want to see why I did this. Mark chapter 16. Fifteen and twenty. For some reason, it's not. I can't find it. <laughs> so it must not be that great. I don't know why I bolded that one. But basically, it's saying that all believers, right? All believers. So here, here he's saying that that who has the authority. Who has the authority to pray for the sick and that they're healed? All believers. All believers. So turn to your neighbor, and if, if, if they know the Lord, chances are you do. There might be some here who don't know the Lord, but say, I have the ability to pray for the sick. Just turn them, I have the ability to pray for the sick. You're a believer. But we tend to avoid those scriptures when we, we start saying these scriptures that, that saying that we have the ability. Matthew chapter 10, 6 through 8, it says, As you go preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely you give, anyone who has a need, anyone. And so he's, here Jesus is telling us that to go preach the gospel... Not only preach, but then we have to he pray, heal the sick, raise the dead. All right, I know I've shared my raise the dead story with you before, multiple times. But just in case you missed it, I'm going to share it just because it, it makes a better point to this message. So I was at a funeral, in a funeral home, and 
you know there's multiple rooms in, in funeral homes, and so the one funeral I was supposed to be at, um, well, I was at, <laughs> not supposed to be, I was at, the room was crowded, I said, well, I'll go check out some of the other rooms. So I went to another room, and there was another casket with another body in there. I was a young believer at that time, young Christian, and I was like, I know that I can pray, and the Bible says that we should be able to raise the dead. So I went in there, there's nobody around, and I went right up to the casket, it was open. I laid my hand on the body, and it's like, in Jesus' name, come to life. His eyes opened. And he stood up. See, I see, you, I was going somewhere. I wanted that to take place. I really did. I, want, I was looking at it so earnestly. You know how sometimes you can think so hard you can think you saw something? I thought I saw his eyes flutter. I thought I did. But I left that room and he was still as dead as dead. But, but the, the point of this story, though, was... One, I believed, so we're going to go through this of like, what are the qualities, so we know everybody can pray for the, uh, for the sick, we can pray for the dead to be raised, but there is something that I missed in that part. There was something I missed in that part, and that is that we have to be listening to what the Spirit of God is saying. See, I was going around wheeling some authority that I thought I had, which we do. We have Christ who dwells inside us, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And we thought, I thought that like, oh, I can just go around and do all this stuff, but we do it based on what the Father in heaven is asking us to do. Now, you don't always have to get a, like for instance, Soraya this morning, who needed prayer. I didn't have to say, Father, do you want to heal her? At that moment, I didn't need to, to get that revelation that God was like, but I was moved with compassion that, that she needed her heart rate to go down, so I prayed with her. But I think sometimes we just gotta be really careful and sensitive to the fact that are we just wielding this supernatural stuff around or are we really listening to what is on the Father's heart? And I, I believe at that moment when I was praying for that dead person to come to life um, that uh, I was not listening to God. I was just like, that would be cool. That would be cool. So how do we begin? So we begin with this way. You're going to see four things on your screen right now. The first one, don't get too far on the list, but the first one is, this is the qualification of those who can pray for the sick, and this is how we begin. First of all, you have to be a Christian. Because if you're not a Christian, you don't have Christ dwelling inside of you. You don't have the Holy Spirit uh, dwelling inside of you. So first and foremost, remember, it's the, it's the power of God's Spirit who's working through you. You're just a vessel. Number two, though, this is really important, is you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this, this class, you'll spend a whole session, whole lesson on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know some people is like, I know about salvation. I don't really know about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I'm not going to go into it today. But the reason why that is so important is because it, the Holy Spirit is like, when you come to give your life to Christ, there's a deposit of, of salvation. You're securing your salvation. But the empowerment to live the way that Jesus wants you to live is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And that is what's going to do the miracles through your life, the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, you need to believe what the Bible says about healing. This is so important. This was a revelation for me when I took this class, is because sometimes, uh, and what they have you do is, is you begin to pray the scripture, a healing, not a healing scripture, but a, a scripture that talks about when Jesus healed somebody. And why that's important is because we realize, I think sometimes we pray, and when we're praying, we actually don't believe what we pray. Oh, I'll just pray for Uncle Bobby who's struggling with cancer. I'll just pray. We say, like, we'll pray, but are we praying believing that God is going to move on our behalf? Or do we pray just based on that's what we do as Christians? We say we're going to pray, and we might even pray, but do we believe it? And when we read a scripture that actually talks about Jesus healing a blind man or leprosy falling off a man or a, a guy who is um, paralyzed since birth, and then he gets up and he starts walking, it's like, wait, wait a second. When we pray, we should be expecting something's going to happen. And it builds our faith. And then... Number four, we need to pray for the sick often. And I think why the often is because it is really like practice. And it's a level of intentionality. And I think sometimes we, we just, we tried it once, nothing really happened. I must not have the gift of healing. And we just kind of stop believing that God wants to move and work through us. I would just say as often as you feel the inclination of the Holy Spirit, Pray. Pray and then believe that God is going to work. So I just want you to ask yourself right now, do you really believe that God can use you in powerful ways like this to bring healing to the sick? I think mentally, because I know I struggle with this, I think mentally, we, we, I get there sometimes, but I've prayed for a lot of people who never got well. And I believed, and I believed that, that God would, would heal them, and they never did. And, and if we're not careful, we can start losing our hope and our faith to believe that God can actually do the things that he says he can do. There have been times, I want to be honest with you, there are times that it's like, well, maybe I just don't have that gift. Well, that's, that's wrong, remember, because, because it's not my gift. It's the Spirit of God who dwells inside of me that has the ability to do the healing. My job is just to come into an agreement, to, to believe, and then you say, well, well, what about those scriptures that talk about it's the faith of the person who's being prayed for that makes them well? There's, there's a point to it. There, there is a point. See, Jesus, this is really another important part. If, if the person who you're praying for doesn't believe that God will heal them, God is, he never forces himself upon a person. But at the same token, I've seen it, unfortunately, mishandled by saying, see, you didn't get healed because you don't have enough faith. Tell that to Lazarus, who was dead, who was brought to life. Did Lazarus have faith at that moment? No, Jesus was still able to perform that miracle, even with Lazarus, raising Lazarus from the dead. And I think it's so wrong and it's so damaging to tell somebody that you don't have enough faith and therefore your healing doesn't come. 
because God can work through that. But at the same token, I do feel like it's important to say, hey, do you believe that God wants to heal you? And we ask that question. Do you believe that God wants to heal you? And that acknowledgement is so important. I remember at the pool of Bethesda, uh, Jesus was, uh, I believe it was Jesus, or as one of his apostles, came upon a guy um, who was crippled. And, and the, the question was asked, do you want to be healed? And I think that is such an important question because I think sometimes people have, have built their identity around their sickness and they're more comfortable being sick than actually being free and well. So asking that question, do you want to be well, do you want to be healed, is so important as well. Matthew chapter 10, 6 or 8 says, As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. So whatever is your modern day disease, coronavirus. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely you have given. This is what Jesus has asked of all believers. That you have the Ability because Christ resides in you. The Holy Spirit resides in you. Oh, this is the one I was going to share with you. Yes, this is the one. Why couldn't I find it before? Mark chapter 16, 17 through 18. These signs will accompany those who believe. These signs will accompany those who believe. So, If you're a believer here today, watching online, in the overflow room, in my name, they will drive out demons. They'll place their hands on sick people and they will get well. That's what the scripture says. That's what God's word says. So the doing what Jesus did course creates space for you to kind of like, I'm unsure. How do I do this? And as a group, you actually practice (laughs) on each other, which is really amazing because to see God work in and through our lives. I remember there was, I'm looking right here because um, Steve and Naomi were in a class that I was in and to to begin, as we begin to pray, they ask somebody to write down what is their, what's their sickness that nobody knows about. And then, and then you ask the group to say, what is God showing you individually? And you ask God to reveal that sickness. And then people just will like, okay, hey, do I have permission to lay hand on your part that I think is sick or whatever? And, and so often people are getting it right of like God is speaking to them and he's showing exactly where that sickness is. And people are praying and healing takes place. It builds your faith. It builds your faith. But sometimes it takes an environment where you can like feel safe so you're not going up to some stranger and says, hey, I notice you're, you're limping. Can I pray with you? <laughs> if the spirit of God says do something about that, okay, do it. But I know it built my faith. 
It built my understanding. Like, I believe this stuff, right? When I was in my 20s, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. Obviously, you could tell. I was trying to pray for a dead guy in a funeral parlor. I just didn't have the fullness of understanding of what that really meant. But here, here's the thing. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've asked, been filled, you've, been asked, you've asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you're not yet, that class will... Week two, the first one, week one, is how to bring somebody to Christ. And if you're even not a Christian, you, you sign up for this class, we'll lead you to Christ. I can lead you to Christ today, of course, um, as well. But number two, you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, go to that class. You learn what it means to be spirit-filled. If you already are spirit-filled, then it's learning how to cultivate that. And then number three, believe what the Scripture says and then understand there are people who are desperate for a healing touch of God. Healing touch of God. Where's Soraya? Soraya, what's your heart rate at right now? 112. 112. What was it before? 145. 145. All right. It was just my soothing voice that made you all calm. Or we'll give Jesus the credit. I think we're going to go give Jesus the credit, right? All right. At the end of the service today, um, we have people in the overflow room too. If you see somebody standing in front of the screen at the end of the service, that means they are there to pray for you. Um, but I've asked anybody who has taken the Doing What Jesus Did class, um, you guys are equipped and ready to pray for anybody who has a sickness. Today, we believe that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to heal you. Do you believe that? If you have any sickness whatsoever, at the end of this service, people are going to be here to pray with you. And then lastly, I just want to put this up here, uh, this, the, the, the groups, this last slide, that one. I want you to sign up for doing what Jesus did. Uh, the class is limited. We can only do like 12 to 14 people in that class, but um, there's already six people signed up, so there's a little bit of room left. But we want you to be equipped and prepared. This is a pathway course, which means we offer it all the time. There's something inside of you right now for a few people that I know that's like, I don't, I don't know if I could really do that. And being you're struggling through that a little bit probably means God's calling you to take this class because your heart's pounding a little bit right now. It's kind of like, whew. But it's a point of growth in your walk with Jesus. And then others here today that you, you're here and you didn't even know that there was an opportunity for the Lord to heal you. Uh, today, I believe that we're going to trust Jesus, the outcome. It, it's his healing, so we're going to trust the outcome in his timing because sometimes there's instantaneous healing. Sometimes there's, there's healing over time process. And we're going to trust Jesus with that. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live 
on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.